Hi everyone, today is April 25th, 2020, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. Uh, another week in Duel Links of not much going on. Um, you know, we're still in the post Kaiba Cup phase, and nothing has gone on in terms of card nerfs, skill nerfs, and specifically, um, no new card sets or anything like that. No new uh, Zexel world yet, so we're still in this phase where there's just like some PVE events going on. Um, we did get the news for May though, so I guess May will happen amid uh, the COVID thing. They had that little uh, warning about things getting slowed down or whatever, but it seems the game's still running at least till May, so there's that. Memories of a Friend is the main event this week. So there's going to be two new cards from that event, also a new dual skill. We got a new card from Mission Circuit as well. Um, podcast question of the week is going to be talking about what the skill nerf should be for Duel Links. If that ever, if that ever even comes, it's possible you know, that's part of the delay. I don't know. It's possible there's no skill nerf. There's a lot of uncertainty nowadays. Certain is that Doug Dimmon Duel... We'll have a casual deck of the week today, and that is the Light Sworn Skull deck. And he's playing No Mortal Can Resist on himself without a Shizu, so check out how that deck works later on in the episode. Alright, so, really, as you can tell, I've been out of it, um, you know, just waiting for something to happen, duelings, and there's not much going on. This week I did try to... I forgot if I got the legend. I think I did get the legend. I just got the legend last week, so it's been slow. And I switched over to Element Sabers briefly. And um you know, my Element Saber deck sucks because I lack complete sets of everything. So I only have two Malayhus and then the Alistair package. Two Alistars and only one uh Purgatrio. So that one Purgatrio really hurts. And you know, it's all of my invoked monsters only have one life, it seems like. They just go and then have to rely on some synchro plays, which doesn't really... Which denatures the the uh, invoked deck a little bit. So I didn't get much success. I think I got to Legend 3 at least. And then I got dropped down to 2. Back to playing um, Lightsworn Monarchs, which is a deck I'm super comfortable with. So I'm just going to run that out for the rest of the month. See if I hit King of Games. Not really a priority at this point to push it. Um, I do notice the meta, there isn't really a soft meta right now in Legend. I'm just facing nothing but meta decks, so definitely no guarantees. Um, yeah, I haven't been playing a ton. I, If I really wanted to make this push to King of Games, I would, but I'm not. I am playing other games, if you're interested. Um, primarily Borderlands 3, ever since that came out on Steam, that's been my number one. And... Uh, there's a lot of parallels between Borderlands 3 and Diablo. And kind of like the shooter version of Diablo, of course. But the amount of legendaries they drop now is insane. Like, I got, I have no inventory space, I have no money just to store all these legendary weapons and just farming for, you know, optimal builds. And they have anointed weapons, which kind of remind you of... The thing they did in Diablo 3 with the legendary weapons where there was like a legacy version, I think they called it, but 
um, yeah, it's been my number one right now. Wild Duel Links has been in a bit of a lull with nothing really going on. Back to Duel Links. This week in esports, let's talk about some of these top decks. And there's not much. I like to look at evolutions of decks and things like that. And there's very minor stuff going on, if any. Duel Links Meta Weekly number 121. First place. Zaga Zaga Zaga. No mortal can resist Shiranoi. And Shiranoi are fully in this 20 card version now. And they don't they have a very lean core. I keep saying this. They have very few cards they actually need in the deck. And that leaves them a lot of room for tech cards. So in the core of this deck, what we have is Two Solitaires, three Squires, one Spirit Master, two Spectral Swords, one Gold Sarcophagus. We'll include Gozuki as, um, you know, as a Shiranui card. So that leaves ten cards, and half of your deck is for tech cards. So you have three Cosmic Cyclones, which helps trigger your No Mortal Can Resist. That's why it's there. One Ballista Squad, three Fiendish Chain, two Floodgates, and a Void Trap Hole. So... You have all this room for tech cards. Control kind of gone the way of um, invoke decks. They fit in the best trap cards they have. And then the activators like Cosmic Cyclone for the skill. So um, it's, no, it's no surprise. <clears throat> Shiranoi are where they are. It works so well, normal, no mortal can resist. Second place played level augmentation Shiranoi. I'm not using no mortal can resist. And again... Same thing with the lean core here. One Gozuki, three Solitaires, three Squires, and two Spectral Swords. In terms of tech cards, uh, three Artifact Lancias. This makes up for the deck not using No Mortal Can Resist. You have you have another way to counter the Graveyard here. Otherwise, uh, really good tech cards. Two Forbidden Lance, two Ballista Squad, three Phoenix Chain, one Void Trap Hole. Maybe that's why I've been playing Void Trap Hole wrong. I've been playing two... One. Maybe you only need one. Top four, Last Man, Cyber Style, Cyber Dragons. Uh, Fusions, Fusion Gate, Cyber Dragon is definitely the way to play the deck now because usually they just played Cyber Load, Fusion, and then they get countered, let's say, with a Void Trap Hole, and then they can't come back. Fusion Gate lets you reuse those cards that were used. So um, you could use Fusion Gate first, Make the monster, and then when they're destroyed, you could cyberloot fusion the monsters from the graveyard into another fusion monster. So, um, yeah, there's there's different ways. It's definitely a better way to do it. And then it also includes other of the other cyber dragon fusion cards, like cyber twin. I've seen that card a bit. Cyber twin come out, and then the chimera tech in the same turn. You're kind of screwed there. So. And top four, Psycho P, Tie That Binds, Dark Magician. Main deck, Necro Valley here. Um, I guess that's how you play around not using No Mortal Can Resist. You have other cards that counter the graveyard like this or Artifact Lancia. Two Void Trap Holes. Um, this deck does include two, so I guess one or two is the right answer for how many of those you run. Alright, so next tournament, Battle Phase 52. First place, Zade King, Water Mythic Depths, Crystrons, 
Uh, we're seeing a slight shift in Christians here in this week's tournaments. They're moving away from 30 card decks. And this water version, of course, you run even fewer Christians because you run those Gen-X Undines, the Whales, and the Sea Stealth Attacks, and the Gen-X Controllers, of course. So um, you do save space from cutting out the Crystal Beasts, which are not needed at all. But um, it's its own package in a sense. Um, 28 cards here. They seem to be cutting down on Crystron Impacts. There's only two in this deck. And also some other monks, some other the trap cards. Like sometimes they have random tech cards, they have Sphere Karibo, things like that, Cosmic Cyclones, but they've cut down on that. APAP, Heavy Starter, Black Wings. This is a new deck. Um, they're trying to increase the consistency of Samoon. So you have to include three different level fives or higher. And that is that leads to some non-meta choices here. You've got Kunai the Drizzle. And also Sirocco the Dawn. So you've got three monsters there, and you have you know, two monsters there, and then three of the Samoons. So you increase your chances of having Samoon opening hand. That's the goal. And the deck, as a result, is 23 cards. Um, the deck does rely on Blackbird Close quite a bit to counter anything, and it's a hand trick, so it's a pretty tricky card. And then you can also summon your. Um, Blackwing Dragon out with it. So it's pretty cool. Kunai the Drizzle requires a tribute. You could special summon it by tributing a monster. So it's not the best, but the level 5 tuner. And then Sirogo the Dawn is a free summon, a free level 5 summon if they have a monster. So it's like a Cyber Dragon sort of, but the normal summon. So both these cards aren't great. They're just there to help the heavy starter. Top four, Shiraneki. No mortal can resist Shiranoi. Yep, nothing to say here. Um, even leaner core here. We've got nine cards. And top four, Zucarito. Destiny draw invoked element sabers. Again, um, 25 card deck here it includes the uh, appointer, the Red Lotus. I've I've played this card before when I was playing Element Sabers, and it has it's not as bad as it seems. So it seems a pretty good card actually, because you just the the ability just to activate Destiny Draw and hit something in the hand is pretty cool. And it was broken for a little bit where you weren't showing your cards to the opponent, but it doesn't really matter because they know you're playing invoked, right? So who cares? And last tournament we'll talk about today, just for kicks, Pharaoh's Cash Tournament number 69. Hexy, Shadow Game, Stromberg, first place. The Shadow Game Stromberg is a deck that just makes it sometimes. They win tournaments, they're good enough. So as long as you put the relevant meta counters. So, you know, if you've got the core, Lava Golem, three Psychic Wheel Dealers, three Glyph, three Grand Maju, the Aiza, Princess and Pumpkin Carriage, Glass Slippers, and the three Castles. Um, in terms of meta counters, three artifact Lancias, three Chalice, one Phoenix Chain, three Floodgates, and Void Trapple. The deck always has to run a little heavy because of the Stromberg milling 10 cards a turn, so you're kind of on a tight window to win the game. Um, there's many ways to win with this deck. Second place, Go, go to 99 Grit Heroes. 
Um, heroes kind of settled into this tier three status. They're they're lower tier. They're not as strong as other decks, but they do have the capacity to beat them at any given time. Um, I'm just say about this deck. If just a reminder, Plasma three Ferris two Stratus. Typically, you have three of these, but it's a pay to win card. So I can see if you have two, two Malicious, two Increase, one Celestial, and three Vions. Up four, Lumiere, Transcendent Crystals, Crystrons. This is the typical regular Crystron deck without the Whale Package. But, like I said, the deck is moving away from 30 cards. This one's even leaner, 26. And you've only got one Crystal Beast. Typically, they ran two. Uh, no Sphere Kribos here. That's a card that the deck typically runs. Um, two Crystron Impacts, of course. Seems like they cut down some Trap cards. I don't know what, though. And top four, DD DLV 21, tie that binds six Sams. This is a classic deck that you could have seen in the meta in these tournaments one year ago. And just to remind everyone what the deck looks like three Kizen, one Inishi, one Kizaru, three Fuma, two Legendary Secrets, three Six Samurai United, one Dojo, three Dual Wields, two Return of the Six Samurai. And the one card that's kind of like the. Tech card is Forbidden Lance. And you run those low level Synchro Monsters, Armadities, uh, Shen, Sahimif, uh, and Wayne. And also Rehan, of course, as the Context Fusion. This is a classic deck. Glad to see it in the top four. The Duel Links Meta Tier List Update uh, Tier 1 Element Sabers and Thunder Dragons. Tier 2 Crystrons, Dark Magicians, and Shirinui. They dropped down Shirinui here, but it seems to have responded um, in quite a way that's going to be Tier 1 next week based on the results we saw. So this was kind of put out before the week started, and then Shirinui just shot back. You demote me to Tier 2, I'm going to win all the tournaments. Tier 3, Black Wings, Blue Eyes, Cyber Dragon, and Mast Heroes. Mast Heroes probably will stay here, I think. Um... Unless we see some kind of big nerf going on. Well, they don't really get hit by... No Moral can resist as much as the other decks, but... Yeah, I digress. So... All the talk of No Moral can resist had me thinking about when these nerfs are going to come live. And it seems like that's the number one skill that would get hit. Because it seems to limit a lot of card play. And I've had I've had games where... I won this game. This is probably just bad play. They ran in their Shiranoi Solitaire into a like an invoked defense monster, like just to lose life points to activate No Moral Can Resist the next turn. Like I've seen. I mean, I, I have Cosmic Cyclone my own things to activate, like a Sorcery Conduit. I've done that before, but I've seen this guy recklessly losing like three thousand life points in one duel just to activate No Moral Can Resist on my. My deck, I don't know. And it leads to it leads to certain cards only being played in the deck like like Cosmic Cyclone was such an example of a card that was always played in Sorcery Conduit Element Savers. It's so easy to lose a thousand, right? And normal can resist is the same. And we've seen um a pointer a pointer came up because that the Destiny Draw deck wanted to lose life points to counter Shizu losing life points on Cosmic Cyclone. So it seems to have gotten into a dangerous situation where they're only playing certain cards just to lose life points. And I think that's bad. 
uh, for the game. And No Moral Can Resist is a skill I actually really like myself. Um, I used to use that on vampires. I spoke to another guy on Twitter about this. And that was my main skill with vampires. And uh, besides Tristan vampires. But it's gotten to a point where the graveyard is so strong and you're taking it away so easily that it has to get nerfed. So my podcast question of the week, what is the number one skill that needs to get nerfed in Duel Links? 79% of participants said no mortal can resist. 10% said grit. Grit is a skill that just... um, Especially against Luna Lights or something like that, it frustrates you to no end how consistent it is. It's already been nerfed, I think. I think it was hit in the last set of nerf skills. 12% said baggy sleeves. This is my sleeper pick. Um, We've seen a lot of good Thunder Dragon decks, particularly. Any Lightsworn engine decks typically use baggy sleeves. My Monarch deck is a baggy sleeves deck. Um, And just to go, just to make up a... Uh, Clear up something about Baggy Sleeves. Deck Tech, when he was on the show, he was like, why did Bandit Keith have a skill called Baggy Sleeves when he doesn't really wear sleeves? Well, it's a, it's a, it's when he was with the um, Merrick's group. I don't even remember what Merrick's group's called. Shoot. I used to steal artifacts. Soul Hunters, Dark Hunters. I think they're called the Dark Hunters, but he was in a robe. That's where the baggy sleeves came from. He cheated, of course, in that duel of Yugi. Um, that's just a sneaky good skill with like card advantage. That's why I included it. And zero percent said other. Let's talk to the community. The L game says grit because no one should survive the D. I don't know what D he's talking about. Uh, just to keep it family friendly. Friendly. Let's say D heroes. Oh, bench warmer. Benchy says no moral can resist is crippling. Yes, um, I think part of it is the, the the cinematics where Jesus says, "I have envisioned your downfall," and then it just hits. Hard game penguin says, "Oh, I hate to say it, I defended no moral can resist when it seemed like I was the only one using it. But I lost two games in Legend Three back to back to Dark Magician. No moral can resist, and it pissed me off. I finally understand why so many people want it nerfed and gone." Yeah, just looking at the tournaments, it's just too much. And my game against that guy who just wanted to lose life points at all costs, costing the game, it showed you how bent the skill is. Average Gatsby says, No one gives baggy sleeves the respect it deserves, and it really shows. Soul Nasty replied, No mortal can resist is more degenerate. There's a, there's a debate about which one's worse. I think no mortal can resist looks worse. Baggy sleeves is sneaky good. Finally, Dark Slayer Reem says, "Just let me play a Shizu. Dang it! Yeah, I mean, Sealed Tombs. I like a Shizu a lot. Um, I think she was like the first hot character in the <laughs> in Duel Links, but I digress. Um, I think Sealed, yeah, Sealed Tombs got hit already. It's hard to use Sealed Tombs now, just being a one-time thing. Normal Mortal can resist, of course, activates so many times. So maybe that's how you nerf the skill. You just activate it once." Keep the thousand and then just use it once. Kind of make the player and make the player decide when's best time to use it based on the size of their deck. If you're playing a light sworn deck and they mill a ton of cards, you know when to use it. You can kind of do card counting on the graveyard, so it might be something 
I got an underrated skill to count cards in the graveyard. Guess how many cards they have left in the deck. So let's say you're um let's say you're playing Lightsworn Engine and their three Raidens are in the graveyard. Well it's no brainer that you use it there, stop their synchro plays forever. Um or any of those other monsters like Glow Up Bulb or Plague Spreader, any of those tuners that sit in the graveyard too. So it could be a skill that you could use. Um, untapped skill, reading the graveyard. I would like to see it nerfed next week. Um, that would be optimal. So let's talk new cards from Memories of a Friend. I think this is the second Memories of a Friend. Um, you could get DSO D. Joey if you didn't get him the first time. And there's separate challenges where um, you start off with Yugi, fake Yugi, fake Pharaoh, and he just drops the DD Patrol Plane, and then it becomes Joey, where he has DD Patrol Plane as well as Head Judging and his new dual skill. So I don't really get why Yugi's there. Yeah, I don't really know why. It's just kind of weird, but. Um, yeah, Joey, get Joey. He has Sasuke Samurai, Banish of Light. Yeah, Red Eyes Slash, which is not really a horrible deck. It's like a tier 4 deck. Anyways, new cards. Head Judging. This is a card that they give you one of from the event, and then you could farm Joey for the rest. And this is a card that I highly recommend three of. Like, getting three of it. Because um, I know that PvE reward cards have been bad for a really long time. But this They're starting to get better with the... Um, Last ones we saw, those weren't bad, and this one's not bad either, so. Head Judging Continuous Trap. When a monster on the field activates its effect, you can make the activating player toss a coin and call it. If they call it right, send this card to the graveyard. If they call it wrong, negate that effect's activation, and if you do, change control of that monster to their opponent. You can only use this effect once per turn. So... I would like to describe this as medium risk, low, medium risk, high reward. And, you know, you make monster effect activations subject to a coin flip. You lose the coin flip. All you do is you send this card to the graveyard and it costs you a slot in your deck. Really, that's it. If you win the coin flip, you negate an effect and you steal a monster. Stealing the monster is really what the key is, I think, is what the high reward is. If you the effect goes off, the effect goes off, sure. But you're getting two huge benefits if you win that coin flip. And it's kinda like kinda like using a void trap hole or a I guess void trap hole's the best best one because um Divine Wrath costs you a card and Ultimate Providence costs you a card. Um Master of Destiny decks will let you win the first three coin flips. So it's really an auto-add for that deck. It's really, really a good card for Master of Destiny decks. So an auto-include there. And then you could really counter three opponent summons. Every monster you're going to play has an effect. Like, there's no way of playing Duel Links without having a monster effect now. So let's say they start off with Shiranoi Squire. You could just do that. Steal it. Um... 
Alistair. We steal Alistair. Um, let me look at the tier list. Just get rolling here. Thunder Dragons. You could steal that. Magician's Rod. You could steal that. Ristrons. They're going to destroy themselves. You could steal that. Cyber Dragon Core. You can steal that. Uh, Samoon. You could steal that. You know, there's like a million cards that you could steal. And... Um, yeah, auto-include for Master of Destiny. And the better aspect of this card is you could choose whether to activate it. Because you can only use it once per turn, you could kind of figure out which monster to use it on if they're, multi if they're activating multiple effects in a turn. So if, they're have, if they have a stronger monster on deck that they play second after the first one, you would know to use it on the second monster. But this card's a little situational because you're depending on a coin flip, of course. Everything's a coin flip here. So that would prevent this card from being splashed in every single deck. If it was, if there was no coin flip, you know, obviously you would just play this card. But um, it's not going to be like a void trap hole where you could just put it in any deck. But I think some duelists who are not playing Master of Destiny are willing to take this gamble because it's such a high upside. And the low upside is just running it in your deck, I think, and sending this card to the graveyard, sure. But the ability just to negate effect and steal is just too high. Like, you just take that 50%, I think. I think some decks will just straight up run this card. And um, a bit of a game changer, I think. Uh, next card's not a game changer. DD Patrol Plane, Dark Machine, level 3, 1200, 800. During the end phase, if this card is currently banished and was banished this turn... You can banish one card from your hand, field, or graveyard. If you do special summon this card in an attack position, you can use this effect once per turn. Most cards, you know, they don't need a mechanic like this to banish themselves. They do it themselves, like Gold Sarcophagus is such an example. Um, this card, like all the other DD-themed cards where they just... Like, there's another one, I forget what it's called... Um, a scout plane or something where they need to get banished and then they have that ability. Um, so it requires that extra setup to get banished. Um, I don't think your opponent will willingly banish this card unless it's face down by accident or something. They'll just destroy it. Because there's no upside of this card being around just like a 1200 body. Um, I guess what is good about this card is that you can just banish a card from the graveyard, and then special summon in an attack position. So it's like a free resource in that regard, if you can do that. But this, there's like extra setup that requires this card to get banished other than itself. So that makes it not worth playing. What I do find interesting about this card is it has the same stats as Gradius, which it's also a plane, so it kind of makes me think there's something behind those 1200-800 stats. And then finally, the dual skill scapegoat for Joey Wheeler DSOD. Can be used when your life points decrease by 2,000. During your draw phase, instead of conducting your normal draw, play three sheep tokens in defense mode and skip straight to your end phase. This can only be used once per duel. Okay, so this skill is even worse than I thought. So you're stalling, right? You're playing three defense tokens and you're stalling. This doesn't 
accomplish anything because you're not drawing a card. The point of stalling is to stall to draw something you need and to um, heart of the cards win them. Beat them, I mean. So you're stalling for nothing. I I did say in the notes this could have a purpose. This could have a purpose if you need to get a big tribute summon off and just need three bodies on the board. Well, apparently you skip straight to the end phase, so you can't even use those three uh, bodies to be tribute summoned. So pretty useless skill. There's not there's not much to say. It's pretty bad. And it's, it's extra danger, um, given that piercing exists. Purgatrio could end the game against you um, if you so happen to face an invoked player, which is a pretty high chance. So, um, many ways this is bad. Not drawing, skipping straight to the end phase is the killer, I believe, because you could you could have tributed those monsters, but now you can't really do it. So Mission Circuit is also going on, and it's kind of confusing because I didn't even realize it. It's because they're still using Crow Hogan as the token, the uh, player piece to do Mission Circuit, and they just had him as the guy. So it doesn't make a lot of sense that they're using him again, but so be it. They ran out of characters, I guess, to ride motorcycles with. What we have here is one new card. There's a second copy of another card. And then the other cards like Double Ripple and Necroid Synchro are cards you can get from um, tickets. So I didn't really include talking about those cards. The new card is called Chain Close. It's a counter trap. When a card on the field is destroyed by battle or card effect and sent to the graveyard, your opponent cannot activate spells or traps this turn. Neither player can activate cards or effects in response to this card's activation. You're only getting one copy of this card. It's a very interesting card. Typically, you think of this card as a defensive card. Your own monster gets destroyed, you activate it, and then your opponent can't use a quick play. That's the point. That's kind of the point, or like a trap card. What this affects the most on the defensive side is masked heroes. Typically, they destroy you with their Anki, and then that allows them to get mass change, and then they'll just beat you. This will prevent that quick play from being played. Um, and further, this card's a counter trap that can't be chained to. So you just activate it and that's the end. You're done attacking and that's it. Um, what it is, is also like trap cards. So let's say a trap that resurrects something, that's not going to work either. Uh, the old example was uh, something like Powerful Rebirth that would just bring a monster back. I think there's a better use for this card, actually. This card can be used on offense. Actually, never mind. Let's go back to the defensive side. There's quick plays like Cyber Dragon decks that you can use. Uh, Cyber Load Fusion, Silver's Cry for Blue Eyes. So there's there's more than one deck other than Mass Heroes that can get countered on the defensive side. Now, you can use this on offense. You can destroy a monster's card by effect. So Chain Close is when a card on the field is destroyed by battle or card effect. So... It can even be like a galaxy cyclone. You can use it on a card, destroy it, and then use chain close. Or you could use treacherous trap hole on your opponent's monsters. Use that, and then you can activate chain close. Why do you do this? So, it's pretty much a lockdown. It's like Shinzang Hu. It's like um, 
Fire Formation Gyaku, it's like, hey, true need. But it's even better than those cards because your opponent can't chain it. Well, Fire Formation Gyaku, you can't, you can't, cha- you can't chain. But let's say, hey, true need, you play it. They still have a chance to activate those cards in response to your hey, true need. So, um, if you do this during your turn, you lock them out, and then you could just win right there. So, yeah, I think that's I think it's better to be used on offense as a card you just set. They go, and then you destroy something, and then you activate it, and that's the game. So it's it's got a pretty good use in that regard, and we only have one, so it's not going to be a game changer by any means that we run a lot of these cards. But um, this could be a pretty good card, I think. The card we're getting a second copy of is the Legendary Fiend, level 6, Dark Fiend, 1,500-1,800. During each of your standby phases, this card gains 700 attack. So, one tribute guy who just gains attack. It really needs, like, two activations to be really good. This is a pretty bad card at this point in the game. No real purpose here. Uh, we could get three of these. It won't really matter. The one thing that did get better about this card is it comes out for free with Mystic Tomato. And then it becomes 2200. But then, you know, um, that's pretty much like a Cyber Dragon right there. So, yeah, we're at the point where cards like this just don't cut it anymore. So, give us three. We won't really care. Alright, so that is it for new cards. Doug Dimmit Duels here. Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. Light Sworn Skulls. He is playing normal mortal can resist on himself. He wants to mill those skull servants to make that super strong king of the skull servants. Apparently, this is um, light sworn zombies are a thing in the TCG that I was I was not aware of. I'm not aware of many things in the TCG, so um, it does seem to be a viable uh, dual skill. So, um, I mean, a viable deck to use. So, um, it is a bit casual, but. Um, you know, you could be a little sneaky with your milling and also your skull servants. No one's going to expect your skull servants to be played. So here is Doug Dimidol with his casual deck of the week. Hey there, this is Doug Dimadul with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. So this week, um, because of the whole KC Cup crap, uh, you know, lately, I've seen so many people uh, using that Ashizu skill that turns your entire graveyard into Skull Servants, right? Everybody just can't stand Light Sworn, so um, I'm already forgetting the name of that skill, but... um, yeah, I figured, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. I'm not running a deck with an Ishizu skill. In fact, this deck that I built really is not anything skill-specific. I'm sure there's ways you can optimize this deck using skills. But the whole point is to pair up the Lightsworn archetype, really just your standard build, trying to get all the uh, level 7 synchro uh, you know, uh, plays into action. 
but with a little twist. I'm running three copies of King of the Skull Servants and three copies of Skull Servant, the uh, level one vanilla zombie 300 attack. Because the whole point is that the more Skull Servants you have in your graveyard, the stronger your King of the Skull Servants gets. So it's nice late game when you're, uh, you know, your graveyard is full of all different Skull Servants support and all different monsters that could have potentially been turned to Skull Servants anyway uh, if your opponent has that one issue. Jesus skill. Uh, so basically what you could have is all of a sudden you could have a 6,000, uh, 5,000, you know, even 10,000 attack monster, depending on how many skull servants you have in your graveyard, uh, just sitting there on the field and just swing for game. It's it's just a real nice surprise. Uh, Light Sworns have always had some kind of synergy with zombies. I've seen Light Sworn zombie decks run in all kinds of you know TCG formats and everything. So this is nothing new. And I know a lot of people have been running Light Sworns with um, uh, that Monarch zombie monster too. So that the synergy is naturally there. But the Skull Servant approach is very straightforward. It's really just have a giant beat stick out late into the game and you're going from there. So again, three copies of King of the Skull Servants, three copies Copies of Skull Servant. What's next? Well, your typical Lightsworn package. Your three copies of uh, Lumina Lightsworn Summoner, that level three spellcaster that lets you send one card to the graveyard from your hand to select a Lightsworn monster from the graveyard and special summon it onto the field. So in this case, the monster I'd be going for is Raiden Hand of the Lightsworn, which I try to run three copies of. And this card's good, too, because you could activate its effect during your main phase to send some cards from your, your deck to your graveyard, and you just kind of go from there. So it's, it's, just, it's just a real good thing. It'll hopefully activate some different, um, you know, some different effects and all that stuff and getting into just some generic level 7 synchro plays. Uh, on top of that, you just run your Light Sworn package, your three copies of Charge of the Light Brigade, to send the top three cards of your deck to the graveyard. Hopefully, hopefully sending some Skull Servant monsters to the graveyard that way. And then you add one level four or lower Light Sworn monster from your deck to your hand. I also like to run Solar Recharge, three copies of those to discard one Light Sworn monster, draw two cards, then send the top two cards of your deck to the graveyard. So really this is a multi-dimensional strategy. It's just to get those strong level 7 synchro plays like uh, Fortune Lady Every or that, I uh, forgot the name of the the level 7 there. Well, we got Black Rose Dragon, of course, to blow up the field. We have our uh, Samurai Destroyer, the level 7, that if it attacks another monster, it, um, you know, uh, the opponent can activate any monster effects, all that fun stuff, real good. And I like to run a copy of Ancient Sacred Wyvern because the larger the discrepancy between your life points are, uh, especially late game if your opponent has low life points, then this is kind of one of those win more cards where it could just have a real high attack. And then, of course, you want to have your Michael, the Arch, uh, Arc Light Sworn, the level 7 uh, UR that came from that box. So overall, you got a whole bunch of good options here. But Again, this deck strategy is very simple. This is probably one of the, um, just one of the pinnacle um, casual decks that you could play for sure that has a little bit of a competitive spin on it, but with a nice little twist. And then to round things out, I want to have that one copy of uh, Felis Lightsworn, Archer, level four, Beast Warrior Tuner. Uh, you know, you can't actually play this card from your hand. You're just hoping that it gets milled into your graveyard, thus triggering its effect to special summon it onto the field. So you have that level four tuner ready to go. So really the whole point of this deck, very simple. Uh, just try and run through your deck as quickly as possible. Send a whole bunch of Skull Servant support to the graveyard. And then maybe get a Synchro player too. 
uh, you know, going and then maybe get one of your king of the skull servants onto the field and just swing for massive amounts of damage. So it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, this is one that, you know, I've been playing in uh, PvE, not PvP. This is not a not the best PvP deck, but it's uh, fun to play with nonetheless. So if you do feel adventurous and want to try it in PvP, let me know how you do with it. But anyway, that's it for my casual deck of the week. I will see you next time. Take care. Thanks, Doug. Check out Doug's Casual Deck of the Week on this podcast every week. Also check him out on Twitter, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk. We have upcoming news for May, and I guess this stuff could have been planned ahead of time before coronavirus was even a thing. It's possible they had a whole year settled out, but um, talking about certain delays because of it, um, it's a good thing that... um, I think Duel Links was run by one guy, oh, and that makes it better. Instead of if there's a whole team, they have to collaborate and things like that. That may cause extra delays, but if there's one guy working at home, that won't um, that won't be as bad for the game being delayed by coronavirus or anything like that. So it's good that there's fewer people working on Duel Links. A guy can just make his decisions about when to nerf things or when to release new worlds. Um, so next month. Early May. Oh yeah, there's going to be a Dark Signers event. Um, a Dark Signers event at the last week. I don't know. They're gonna, the Dark Dark Signers are coming back next week. But early May, DD Castle Emergence. I, I I'm actually pumped for this. The um, DD Towers were a thing, and I actually really liked those events. And then they went away because I think everyone else didn't like them. It's been almost a year since we had DD Tower, come to think about it. And now we have this DD Castle, so it's the same thing, I think. So I am happy to see this back. Uh, early May, Dual Quest. Uh, we have Dual Quest all the time, so um, that's back. Mid-May, Blair Flanagan, uh, another event with her new cards and a new skill called Happily Ever After. Hopefully it's better than those um, other skills she had. Mid-May, Evolved Hassleberry. I don't think the previous Hassleberry events were called this, but it's another event with him. We probably have to fight a big dinosaur again. New cards, Evo Price, Evil Tile, El Gennaro. Um Those cards never really cut it. Um, I don't know if those will. Mid-May, Dark Signer, Rex Goodwin to the Gate. Late May, obtain a legendary duelist. Raid duel, dimensional disaster. Buster Gindle, the cubic behemoth. So new raid duels in DSOD world, apparently. Um, I think we're getting... It's hard to say who we're getting, because it says they're going to fight Aigami, but Aigami's the one that uses Buster Gindle, so I don't really know what's going on there. Um, What it does mean is that if we're finally getting Aigami, it means that DSOD world might be wrapping up, and we might be getting closer to Zexel based on those mines that Zexel is coming soon. So they might be wrapping things up with DSOD world this month, and Zexel could be June. It's very possible. 
I'm excited for that. Late May Duelist Challenges and Late May Tour Guide Mission Bingo. Two Tour Guide events to end the month. So, yeah, that is it for the podcast. A whole week of not much going on. I expect a huge week soon. You know, they kind of hit you with a new box, a new box, new selection box, and then a new world or something. Like, they hit you with multiple things at once where there's too much content for one episode. But then, until then, we have these ho-hum episodes kind of get me over during this coronavirus uh, episode. If I was more motivated, I would do more. But this is where I'm content right now with the podcast. So this is what we'll have to do until better stuff comes along. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for sticking around. Hopefully... uh, this was not a horrible episode, I guess. Um, uh, subscribe anywhere. Check out the Dual Assessment. Search it anywhere. It's on Google Podcasts now, I guess. That's a thing. Uh, check out the podcast and more at this website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me with anything at thedualassessment at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter where I'm not that active anymore, but I will respond sometimes. Dual underscore assessment or the account where I never check that much. Green Ranger CCG. All right. That is it. Thank you very much, everyone. I'll see you next time. Stay safe.